Hi, this is Dr. David Wright, and I just wanted to welcome you back to the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast. We are well into 2023 now. Today is Friday, February the 3rd, 2023, and if you don't know it by now, we're definitely into this year. Before you know it, um, this season will be over. Before you know it, we'll be to the summer. Before you know it, we will be in the fall. And before you know it, this year is over. So one thing that as you kind of live life and think about things and think about work and your goals, your habits, your lifestyle, your the things that are important to you, all those kind of things, just keep in mind, the longer you live, the faster the time flies by. It just really does. And after so many years, you just kind of see a, a trend that, once February and March come around and all these holidays one by one crop up, the year starts to become over. So that's why it's so important, so important to be proactive about your goals. So I want to welcome you back to the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast. Um, I'm glad to hear you uh, see you back or have you listen uh, to this podcast. I actually meant to do a podcast a lot earlier to this than this, but you know, like you know, life tends to get busy, and you get busy with things, and you've got priorities. So, um, this podcast is a priority for me. Um, but like you, I also have other responsibilities, and so sometimes a little, a little bit more distance than I want passes in between episodes uh, or recordings, I should say. Uh, but that's okay because um, it keeps everybody on their toes, uh, and you know, it gives you some breathing room to kind of try out some of the things that I introduced during these podcasts. Obviously, you're going to get a lot more from me uh, in terms of strategies and things that you can do that work to help you solve the challenges in your life. If you come in to see me and book an appointment, um, you can do that from uh, visiting my websites. Um, as you know, I have several practices. The first practice website is www.mlcoga.com, which stands for MLC of Greater Atlanta. People are always asking me what the MLC stands for, and I'll just tell you, uh, it stands for a couple of things, <laughs> like everything with me, but it mainly stands for Meta Life Coaching, right? Um, meta Life Coaching. So that's what the MLC stands for. Um, at some point, I might spell it out fully um, in terms of on the website or the logo and things like that, but just in case you're wondering, that's what the MLC stands for. It used to stand for something very different, but it stands for Meta Life Coaching, right? Um, so um, anyway, um, MLC of Greater Atlanta, that website's www.mlcoga.com. Uh, Atlanta, um, Atlanta Coaching and Hypnotherapy Associates is www.atlantacoaching.com. Atlanta Health and Wellness Coaching is www.atlantahealthandwellness.com. And finally, uh, the Atlanta Small Business Incubator is www.atlantasmallbusinessincubator.com. Um, so anyway, those are my practice websites. You're going to get the most out of me if you come, if you visit the website and schedule an appointment and things like that. You're going to get a lot more than you get from the podcast. But you're also going to get a lot here, and you're going to get some foundational things, hopefully, that help you improve your life in one way or another. So welcome back. I'm glad you're here. And um, just uh, stick with me for the next uh, next 20 or 30 minutes, and we'll cover some stuff. So the last podcast that I did was called Holiday Habits, uh, and it was all about eating and spending habits, right? Uh, and so the purpose of that podcast, obviously, was to prepare you for the holidays and help you to be proactive by planting some seeds about watching your habits during the holidays. So, I mean, most people gain weight during the holidays. Most people spend a little bit more money than they had planned on doing during the holidays. That's just kind of the way it goes, but you can limit the losses. So that's the whole point uh, of that podcast is mitigating risk and setting up goals, strategies, and action steps preemptively, proactively, so that you don't make the same mistakes or the same mistakes to the same degree this year that you made last year. So in other words, you're growing and getting better. And that's the whole point of all of this. The whole point of all of this is to grow and get better, right? And hopefully in the process you get wiser 
and richer and more comfortable and happier and more abundant and more prosperous and more successful and you know more joyous and more still and more balanced and more equalized and all those good things but it all starts with improvement and the best way to improve is to look back on what you did before in the past yesterday last year last week and do something different and better if you want a better result so that's the whole reason why i did the holiday habits episode if you haven't listened to that one definitely listen to it um it's good regardless of whether the holidays uh you know are at the end of the year like christmas hanukkah kwanzaa uh, and all those things or the holidays that are upcoming so you want to use the same set of habits for valentine's day if that's appropriate for you right so you know practice makes perfect so whatever you practice is the result that you're going to get and that's going to help define who you are over time it's going to define the journey you have and it's going to define your ultimate destination right and so anyway with that i'm going to get started this podcast builds off of that one uh, this podcast is all about New Year's resolutions. And I know that for a lot of people, that's triggering. As soon as they hear the word New Year's resolutions or that string of words together, they go, oh, no, here we go. But, you know, hey, I'm going to give you some information that you might not have about New Year's resolutions. And I'm probably going to also verify and validate why some people are cynical about New Year's resolutions, right? I know I remember in the movie Waiting to Exhale with uh, – with, um, with Angela Bassett and Whitney Houston and Lila Roshan and all of them, you know, how Whitney Houston made this comment. Um, basically, she said, you know, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. You know, they're stupid, that kind of thing. And, you know, to, here's the thing. To a certain extent, she was right. Um, it depends on how you do them, though. So it's all about how you do it. Uh, that's true with anything. Uh, that's true about work. That's true about school. It's true about relationships, and it's true about anything. It's not always what you do, it's how you do it that matters. And it's certainly true when it comes to New Year's resolutions. So, you know, if it helps you, um, you know, when you think about uh, New Year's resolutions, don't necessarily think about New Year's resolutions. Think about what are my goals and what are my outcomes? What do I want to achieve, right? That's what it's all about. I mean, you can call it New Year's resolutions. You can call it New Year's aspirations. Um, you could call it New Year's hopes. You could call it New Year's desires. You could call it any of those things. It really doesn't matter. The key is that you want to reach a goal. And you could start that goal at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year, in the middle of the year. It doesn't matter. You could start it today. You could start it tomorrow. You can create a due date. You can put it in your calendar. You can put it on your to-do list. You can write a post-it note. But the key is you have a goal, right? So that at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's all about you reaching the goal, whether you call it a New Year's resolution or where you call it, you know, something else. It doesn't really, really matter. So let's just talk about New Year's resolutions for a, for a minute. Um, you know, like I said, they're just goals. Uh, and the wrapper is called a New Year's resolution. Here's the thing, and I'm just, these are just some basic things. I don't have a script here. Um, I'm just going to say some things uh, that I think are important. Um, and give you just kind of a couple of tidbits or, or some nuggets that I think will help you along the way. Um, there are a lot of principles about goals, right? So if you go to a life coach like myself, uh, or you'll if you go to a, do a doctor, or if you go to a lawyer, or a teacher, or a professor, or uh, a, an investment analyst, or uh, a, a financial planner, or any of those things, one of the things they're going to tell you uh, is to be realistic, right? And that's good advice for anything. Be realistic. You can have high hopes and hopes and aspirations. Uh, you can have lofty goals and ambitions, all those kind of things. But it's also good to be realistic. And the reason why realism uh, or being realistic is an important principle when it comes to setting goals is because of this principle. Uh, and this is a really, really important principle. It's this, it's the, it's the law of expectations. The more different your results are from your expectations, the more disappointed you're gonna be, right? Now that doesn't mean that you shouldn't make solid goals, uh, but if you make your goals so unachievable or so unrealistic that the likelihood of you reaching them you know, gets close to um, zero, 
then you're kind of, in a sense, setting yourself up to fail. And that's kind of where that phrase comes from. You know, when there's a big difference between what's realistically possible and what your, your, uh, your, your individual expectations are, that's where you set yourself up to fail. So come up with some reasonable goals and start with little steps. That's the next thing that a lot of people do is, you know, they say, well, you know what? I want to lose, uh, you know, I want to lose 40 pounds in six months. And you know what? I want to lose 30 of them the first month. Well, that's unbalanced, right? If you're going to lose, if you're going to lose, let's say you're going to lose 60 pounds, right? 60 pounds in six months. That's an easier set of numbers to keep up with. If you're going to lose 60 pounds in six months, the probability is that you're going to lose a lot of the weight in the first three months, right? And that's because it's a lot easier to shed the heaviest of the pounds than it is to share the lightest of the pounds, right? Which brings a different principle too, uh, that you learn whether your goal is weight loss or saving money or anything else. You know, if you weigh, let's say, uh, I'll take my, I'll use myself as an example. You know, I'm 5'10". If you're 5'10 and you weigh 200 pounds and your goal is to get down to 170 pounds, so you want to lose 30 pounds, it's going to be a lot easier to shed the first 5 or 10 pounds than it is going to be to shed the last 5. The reason why is because the last 5 or 10 pounds are close to your goal and to your normal body weight BMI, right? So those are closest to the norm. So it's easier to shed the stuff that's way outside the norm the, what I call the low-hanging fruit than it is to shed the high-hanging fruit, which is the stuff that's closest to your actual goal and to where you should be, right? So if you're 5'10", you probably should be somewhere around 165 to 175 pounds. Uh, maybe, maybe 180. You could push it depending on your bone structure and some other things. But, you know, generally speaking, that's the sweet spot of where you, you need to be. But it's a lot easier if you're you know, if you're 60 pounds overweight, it's a lot easier to lose the first 10 pounds than it is to lose the last 10, right? And that's just because your body's going to be fighting you as you get close to your normal BMI or where you probably should be. So that's something else to keep in mind. So you want realistic uh, expectations. You want realistic goals. You don't want to set yourself up to fail. And you also need to realize that weight loss saving money other goals usually occur in an arc they're not usually a straight line so most people who want to lose 60 pounds aren't going to lose you know 10 pounds a month every month that's just not the way it works for some people it works that way but most people it does not work that way it's usually an arc and you know another concept to kind of think about is most things tend to occur in an arc versus a straight line so a lot of people set themselves up to fail by creating expectations that represent a straight line. Um, you know, I'm going to go from point A to point Z, and it's going to be a straight line from A to B, B to C, C to D. Life doesn't usually occur in straight lines. It usually occurs in curves and circles. That's just how it happens, right? Um, things on this planet aren't built in squares. They just don't. We create things in squares, whether it's rooms, houses, clothing, cars, objects, things like that. But nature doesn't usually build things in squares. It usually builds things in circles and curves. That's just the nature of things, right? Even our DNA is built like that. You know, our DNA is a helix, right? Which is a combination of curves going in and out uh, that twist and turn and things like that. So life is about curves and arcs and circles. So most things, including change, happen in curves, arcs, and circles, right? They're not linear. Uh, and people, you know, usually if they're trying to lose weight or whatever, they'll hit kind of a stopgap where their body's just like, well, is this the new set point? I'm not sure. And even though they're doing the exact same thing, they're not losing any more weight. That's an opportunity for them to kind of reset things again and just realize, hey, this is the part of the curve that's going in the opposite direction even if it's just temporarily. So don't get upset, don't get disappointed. You can still lose more weight. Your body's just breaking into the new skin. Uh, and that's just kind of where time comes in to things. So we talked a little bit about expectations. We talked about goals. We talked a little bit about setting yourself up to fail. We talked about how 
change, whether it's weight loss or um, saving money or any other goal that you have, usually occurs in arcs and circles, um, twists and turns, things like that. It's usually not linear. Let's talk about some other things um, about goals. You know, one of the big things that you want to do is you want to stay focused on whatever your goal is, right? So if your goal is to lose, I don't know, 60 pounds, then focus on your goal. And at the same time, be mindful of what hasn't worked in the past, right? Now, sometimes people do what I call pushing, right? You tried something once, it didn't work. You tried it again, it didn't work. You tried it five times, it didn't work, and then you think the sixth time is gonna be the charm. Sometimes that's the case, but usually it is not. Usually if you tried the same thing over and over and it hasn't worked, there's a reason why it hasn't worked. It's not by accident that it failed the past five, six, 10, 20, 30 times, right? The same thing goes true, the same thing goes for saving money, Um, losing weight, working out, things like that. If you've tried something a bunch of times before and it didn't work out, chances are it probably will not work out again and you need to go back and look at what you did. Now, one of the services that I offer um, in my office is what I call uh, a year-in-review bridge the gap session. And that's a session where I actually help my clients move forward by bridging the gap between what they achieved last year to what they want to achieve this year, right? And that usually involves an insight into something, right? So if my goal last year was to save, I don't know, $10,000 in a savings account, uh, and I came up short, I saved 1,000, right? So I saved 10% of what my intended goal was, Well, if my goal this year is to save $10,000 again, then I need to change something. I need to change something and do something different. I need to cut some expenses or I need to increase revenues. That's the way to save money, right? Those are the only basically ways that I know of, of raising funds, whether it's for a savings account or for a vacation or anything else. Um, based off working and earning funds and having bills and things, there's only two levers you can push. You can either cut your expenses or you can increase your revenue or you can do both, right? And that's just a principle from a balance sheet. That's just an accounting principle. And that's true for anything, right? Uh, It's true about calories. There's two ways to lose weight, right? You can increase your amount of physical activity so you can burn more calories or you can take in fewer calories or you can do a combination of both. Usually, I would recommend that you do a combination of both. Have more than one strategy. Um, Have more than one plan for whatever your goal is. One of the biggest ways that people set themselves up to fail again is by having a goal and only having one plan to achieve it. If you've got a goal and you only have one plan, you're setting yourself up to fail. And there's a reason why you hear people use the phrase plan A and plan B and plan C. You need to have multiple ways of achieving your goal. Um, but you want to make sure, make sure that you consider the notion, the concept, um, that if you didn't achieve your goal last year, there's something that you either did wrong or shouldn't have been doing, or there's something that you should have been doing that you weren't doing. So go back and look at it, go back and look at the past. Uh, and that's why the session that I do is not just like a new year's resolution, session but the more advanced form of that session that i do in my office is called a year in review bridge the gap session where we actually look at how last year went we identify what didn't work last year and we use a different strategy for achieving whatever goal you have this year right you know and you know obviously it brings in another concept too the goal that you say that you want isn't really the case that you want that goal or do you want that goal for some other reason, right? So is, is whatever goal you have, do you want that because of, of a primary reason or is it a, in, another uh, uh, secondary or tertiary, quaternary reason? You know, do you want this, this body, this uh, weight, Do you want it just to attract somebody or do you really want it because that's what you want for yourself and you want to be the best version of you? I mean, it's just something to think about. 
Now, that doesn't mean you can't lose weight trying to attract a mate. You know, that's, that's not an awful strategy. But if you didn't get your goal last year and that was your strategy, then that might tell you something about it. Maybe you really didn't want it for the right reasons. Uh, and that just kind of goes back to your motives, your drives for wanting something in the pers- first place. Um, your motives, uh, your drives, uh, those are going to affect your enthusiasm. And they're also going to affect your ability to be consistent and persistent in achieving your goal. Uh, and the better your reasons are for achieving a goal in terms of aligning with your purpose and your passion and who you are and the journey that you'd like to create, the more likely you are to achieve them. So, Because that's going to keep you motivated when times get tough. right? And that's another reason why you should have realistic expectations because that's going to help you when times get tough. Right when reaching the goal becomes harder, or when you reach a plateau, like people do with weight loss and saving money and things like that. So anyway, that's just something uh, to keep in mind. Another thing that's really, really important when you're trying to reach a goal, uh, whether it's a New Year's resolution or just a goal, is that you actually have a strategy not just a plan, but a strategy, right? And there's a difference between a plan and a strategy. Um, and I really, really talk about that when, when my own clients come to see me and they're trying to reach a specific goal. Um, because uh, a strategy is a specific way of executing a plan. So that's the difference between a plan and a strategy, right? Um, so you just want to make sure that you do have some strategies, not just plans and not just a goal. The other thing too is you've got to have action steps. You've got to have, you've got to put some degree of pressure on yourself to achieve that goal. Now I had a client who came in today for a session, a, a coaching, his first coaching section, session actually, and I was really really impressed because he actually went uh, above and beyond with his his. Uh, one exercise that help that's based on reaching goals and things like that. Um, I mean, he's really, really ahead of the curve. I was really impressed with what he did. But, you know, the thing about it is in terms of uh, the things that you want to achieve, your goals, things like that, if it doesn't result in an action, then it doesn't make a difference, right? A lot of people have a bunch of goals. And generally speaking, if you just have a goal... I mean, that's like, I guess, it's a hope. It's a dream. Um, But it doesn't, it won't become real unless it's followed by action. So action is kind of the catalyzing step between a goal and an outcome. Uh, And if you don't have an action behind it, um, behind your goal, behind your plan, then it stays there, right? So you need it. You need action to catalyze that reaction to go from what your goal is to actually achieving the goal or some other outcome, right? If not, then it's just going to stay there. It's kind of like in chemistry when you have a reaction. In chemistry, you have the reaction that occurs on the left side of the paper, and then you have the end results, the products that you get on the right side. So if you have an acid and a base and you add those together in a reaction on the left side, you're going to end up with a salt on the other side, right? And what kind of salt you end up with depends on the individual reactants, right? But, you know, NaCl is a salt, right? And you get that from adding an acid to a base, Na plus Cl, right? Sodium is positive. Uh, Chloride is negative. One of them acts as an acid. The other one acts as a base. And when you combine them together, you get a salt. And so in order to catalyze the reaction of your goal, uh, in order to make it become uh, an outcome or a result or an achievement or success, you've got to have action. Uh, And so if you didn't reach your goals last year and you failed to take action, you know, I'm going to start going to the gym, I'm going to start running, I'm going to start doing this, what do you think prevented you from getting started? What prevented you from acting? Um, you know, one of, the, one of the big principles that I believe in is the power of partnership, the power of collaboration. And that's why a lot of people go to the gym, right? They're not just going to the gym 
because you know they've got equipment they're not just going to the gym because it's a, a space where they can focus on working out uh, they're going because other people are there because those people help them gain the energy the motivation the enthusiasm the camaraderie ship the sportsmanship whatever you want to call it they help energize them to reach their goal right uh, it's a lot easier to reach a goal if you've got partners if you've got collaborators uh, you know that's why people have prayer partners that's why people have meditation partners that's why people have uh, success partners uh, business partners every type of partnership uh, that you could possibly find if you look behind it you'll see that people generally achieve more with the partnership than they could ever achieve on their own right I mean that's kind of what a loan is when you get a loan from the bank to buy a car or buy a house it's basically a partnership now it, the bank is getting something and you're getting something right if you buy a house and it costs uh, $500,000 and you finance it at what the interest rates were a few years ago, uh, 3% or 3.5% or 4%, right? Um, and you finance it for 30 years or 20 years, right? What do you get out of it? Well, you get to move into a house to buy a house or start the process of buying a house because you're actually not a homeowner, really. The bank owns your home. Uh, so a lot of people, even though they live in the home, they habitate in a home that's owned by the bank. And a lot of people think of themselves as homeowners, but actually the bank owns the home. You're just habitating and paying for it. But anyway, that's a whole different conversation. But if you buy a $500,000 home from the bank and finance it for 30 years at 4%, that's going to come to a certain amount of interest that you're going to pay over the 30 years of that loan. Now, of course, there are things that you can do. Uh, to lower the amount of interest, you can make extra principal payments, you can do this, you can get a mortgage accelerator, there's all kinds of things you can do, but basically you're going to pay back a lot more money for the home than the $500,000 buying price or purchase price. And the reason why is because the bank is taking a risk on you. So the bank is partnering you with you, but they're incurring a certain amount of risk that you might default on the loan right? You might lose your job. You might get sick. You A million other things might happen, you know, um, that won't allow you or will, will prevent you from um, um, reaching all the obligations of that loan or actually completing the loan, right? Over the 30 years. I mean, 30 years is a long time. I mean, people sign a 30-year note all the time. But, you know, when you think about it, the bank is taking a risk that uh, if you finance for 30 years, you get a 30-year mortgage, 30 years times 12 months, the bank is counting on you being able to meet your obligations for 360 months in a row. And I mean, and that's, you know, that's a lot. Um, a lot could happen 360 months multiplied times 30 days or 31 days or how many ever, however you want to calculate it. But it's a lot of days for something to go wrong. So it's a big risk. So because the bank is incurring that degree of risk, they want a lot of interest, right? They want you to pay for the risk that they're taking. And the more you put down, generally speaking, the less the risk is and the better interest rate you should get. The shorter the loan period, uh, the less risk and the better interest rate you should get. So there's all these things you can do to lower the risk for the bank, but at the, at the end of the day, the bank is taking a risk and they're charging you for that risk um, in the form of interest and other things. That is true with anything. And so basically the bank is partnering with you and they make a decision about whether they want to partner with you based off credit scores and your job and how much money you make and all those kind of things. But that's kind of how it works. The, the same thing is true for every other type of partnership. So if you want to lose a lot of weight, the best thing that you can do is partner with somebody. Partner with a neighbor, partner with a friend, partner with a coworker, partner with somebody from your church, partner with somebody else who has the same goal. That's gonna make it a lot easier to manage and it's gonna help you stay motivated when times are tough and you're ready to give up. So that's a good way to help reach your goals. So if you didn't reach a goal last year, you know what? Find a partner. If your goal was to, I don't know, put uh, $500 in the stock market every month last year and you didn't reach that goal, in fact, you didn't get started at all, find somebody to partner with. You. 
you do research on technology stocks and they do research on pharmaceutical stocks or some other type of stock, right? And you get enthused about it and they give you hints about this stock and you give them hints about that stock and you work together and you keep each, each other accountable, right? That's a good way to do it. So you can get more accountability for your goals if you partner and collaborate with other people. So that's a, another way that's good for reaching your goals. Um, the other thing, uh, another thing that you really, really want to do um, is if you had a goal last year and you started whatever it was and you didn't continue, a couple of things could be the reason. Number one, your life got really, really busy. And I can tell you this, if you have a goal, whether it's saving money, changing your eating habits, working out, losing weight, things, those things, the busier you are, the harder, the tougher it's going to be for you to reach those goals. Because if you're tough now, I mean, if you're working, if you have a tough schedule now, if you're working a lot, you're really, really busy, things like that, um, and it's been that way for a while, how are you going to keep create the extra time that's needed to reach your goal? It's going to be difficult. Uh, and if it weren't difficult, then you would have reached a goal last year. So you might have to compromise on some other things. You might have to give up something else tv time working something else in order to reach a goal and, and you know that brings up the concept of of giving up one thing to get something else right and that that'll give you some sense of how important it is to you right if you're not willing to give it up then something else is more important right if you're not willing to give up time from work time from watching netflix to work out, then those things have a higher priority on your list. And if that's the case, then you need to look at the reason why that is, right? There could be some other reason um, for, for that, right? Maybe you have a belief system that working out is not gonna lower stress in the same way that watching Netflix will, you know? And that goes back to your belief systems. But the point that I'm trying to make here, though, um, is, is this, um, you know, if you didn't reach your goal last year, um, and it, you never ever started it at all, period. So if your goal was to start working out in January of 2022 and you never ever went to the gym, then you need to think about the reason, the motive that you had for going to the gym in the first place. If you started going to the gym and let's say you stopped when life got crazy and busy and things like that in let's say May, June, then it could be a couple other things. It could be the case that Number one, maybe you didn't want it for the right reasons. Maybe something else had a higher priority. Maybe you had unrealistic expectations. Maybe you thought you were gonna lose a lot of weight and it just didn't work out that way. Maybe you started working out, but your eating habits went badly. So you worked out, but then you thought that that would allow you to eat more cheeseburgers or hot dogs or honey buns or Ben and Jerry's or whatever. I mean, that could be the case too. So you need to look at what happened. And looking back, if you, if you started and then you stopped, it could have been that life got too busy. It could have been you had unrealistic expectations. It could be that you reached your goal. You know, maybe maybe you reached a certain goal of weight loss and you reached it in July, September of last year. And then after you reached that weight loss goal um, or that new weight goal that you had, that you stopped, right? And then maybe during the holidays, you gained it back. And if that's the case, then you need to look at another factor, which is your holiday eating habits, right? Which I covered in the last podcast. Uh, and I also covered in my book, The Nutrient Diet. There's a whole chapter on holiday habits. So, um, and that's the thing about it. There's a holiday like every week now. Um, calendars are so different now. Every week has some kind of holiday. Every month has a holiday. Um, holidays can just ruin a diet. If you look at holidays, you add up all the holidays, um, it, you know, there's some social event, some people want to go out to dinner for this holiday, for that holiday, you know, when you add up all those holidays, you add up all the calories and spending and stuff like that, it comes to a lot. People kind of discount it because they're spread out during the year, but they really do count a lot. If somebody looked at their holiday eating habits, they might actually come up with 10, 20, 30, maybe even 50% of the calories that they gain that year or the pounds that they gain. So it, they make a big difference. So make sure that you have an understanding of the reason why you didn't reach your goal last year. 
that's going to make a big difference. And then whatever that reason is, then you've got to go around it or fix it. So you can either fix it or you can go around it. That's what you can do when you under, encounter a problem, that something didn't work, something failed, something didn't go as planned. You can either tweak it or fix it or you go around it and find some other way of achieving the goal in a different way, right? Um, you know, an example of that is, well, let's say that, let's say that you had a goal of eliminating, eliminating juices from your diet, right? Last year, uh, and because a lot of juices contained a lot of sugar, but that didn't work. You, you didn't, you still drink juices just like you did last year and you didn't, you weren't able to fix that. Well, if you check out my book, The Nutrient Diet, it'll show you how you can still drink juice and you can dilute it with water. 10% water, 20% water, 30% water, still get almost as much of the same taste and eliminate 30% of the calories. So, you know, if, if you've got, you know, 36 grams of sugar in a glass of juice and orange juice, that's a good example. That's one of the sweetest juices. If you dilute it with water, let's say remove 20% um, and replace it with water, every single time you drink juice for the rest of the year, you're going to eliminate 20% of those calories. So instead of having, I don't know, 36 grams of sugar, if you take away 20% of that 36, uh, 36 that's going to take away, what, 6 grams? So you're at 30. So you're losing 6 grams of sugars every single day or every time you have orange juice. So little stuff like that makes a big difference. You know, in the course of a year, that might make up 10, 15 pounds. Uh, so look at your habits and see what you can tweak. If not, go around it. If you're not going to cut back the sugar that you have in juice, you just can't do it for some other reason, then you need to cut something else back, right? Cut this, cut that, um, you know, whatever. So it's important to look at the reason why you didn't reach a goal, right? And if you actually started trying to reach it by acting or if you just never acted at all and like i said if you never acted at all uh, with something that you had as a new year's resolution last year there's something else going on maybe it's really not a priority maybe you want it for the wrong reasons um uh maybe maybe there's some other thing that's self-sabotaging it uh you've got to look at that or maybe just plain and simple you're just too busy and like i said it's really, really easy to not start a goal or a habit or a habit change if you're too busy. You've got to have time and energy to do it, right? Um, a couple other things that I want to talk about before I wrap up today. Um, in terms of your New Year's resolutions and your New Year's goals, like I said earlier, you want to have realistic expectations. Um, you want to make sure that you have action, things like that. The other thing that you should do if you haven't done this in the future is create a start date, right? Create a date that I'm going to start this habit, right? And the reason why that's good to do is because that creates inertia from anxiety, right? When you put something in your calendar, if you don't have a due date for something, it's just out in the middle of nowhere. It's out in space, right? It doesn't have a coordinate on a Cartesian, a Cartesian plane, right? Once you put a due date on it or a timeline on it or a deadline on it, it changes it. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that you learn in school, right? When you have a paper due or you have a test, it's, it's a marker and it creates a certain level of anxiety. Now, you want enough anxiety to motivate you to achieve the goal, but you don't want so much anxiety that it's crippling and dissuade you from trying in the first place, right? And that goes back to what I just talked about a minute ago is expectations, right? If you set the bar so high that it's overwhelming, um, then that's too much anxiety. And that's part of the reason maybe why you didn't start in the first place. So if you never got started with whatever you wanted to achieve, whatever goal or resolution you had in January of 2022, Part of the reason might be because you set the bar so high in terms of your expectations that it generated so much anxiety that subconsciously you just said, you know what, I can't do it, and you just shut down, right? And that's what happens when you have unrealistic expectations. But there are other reasons why, too, right? Conscious and subconscious. And if it's a subconscious thing, you know, 
It's one of the reasons why I offer hypnosis and hypnotherapy. So we can actually give you some suggestions to your subconscious, other than conscious and unconscious parts of your mind to help you move past those things, right? As long as they're in alignment with your beliefs, right? Uh, and that's something, I'll just throw that out there. That's something that people don't a lot of times understand about hypnosis and hypnotherapy. You cannot give somebody suggestions um, or ideas that are outside of their belief system. They have to be within your belief system, the subconscious part of your belief system. So if you don't believe something, it's going to be difficult to achieve it even with a hypnosis or hypnotherapy session. And that goes to a, a deeper concept is if you believe something or if you don't believe something, why is it that you don't believe it, right? And so you, you do need to look at your beliefs, right? Why do I believe this? Why do I believe that? There's some reason why. If you don't believe you can lose weight, you don't believe you can change your habits, there's a reason why. And you need to get to the core of that reason, then start attacking the problem, but find out what the reason is. But back to what I was saying um, before, um, in terms of um, catalyzing everything with a deadline, with a due date, you've got to do that. You want enough anxiety enough discomfort enough friction to cause you to move forward not backwards but forward uh, but you don't want so much that it's crippling right so if you set a deadline to do this or do that right whether it's writing a paper or losing weight or starting an exercise regimen or working out at the gym or swimming or i don't know reading something or whatever it is saving money you want something, you want an action step, a deadline, a due date that creates enough anxiety and discomfort that moves you towards action or a new action or a new behavior or a new habit. But you don't want it to be so much that it causes the opposite, right? An example of that is, is, is I say, well, I want to lose 30 pounds in 60 days. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot of pressure. That means I have to micromanage every single calorie I intake or don't intake every single day. Plus work, plus home life, plus friendships, plus all the other things that I want to do. That's a lot of pressure, right? And in that case, you actually might cause yourself to actually eat more under the pressure of trying to keep that goal, right? Uh, or you might skip some meals and then just pick out when it all just kind of comes out, you know? So you wanna keep really realistic goals, but you also wanna create enough inertia that's gonna help you to move forward. Um, and that's just a really thing, a really important thing uh, to keep in mind. The other thing that you wanna do is you wanna have supporting things that help support your goal, right? And I do that with my clients when, and I share audios with them. So even though I'm not the cheapest person in the world to see for life coaching or whatever, I also believe that you get what you pay for. So, uh, you know, there's a reason why you see so many reviews and, and, you know, people who honestly come to my office and say, you changed my life. I, you know, and, and that makes a big difference. That's part of a big part of the reason why I do what I do. But, you know, the important thing is, is, is this, um, when it comes to action and doing things, the purpose of it, what's the driving motivating factor is is really 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 important but also in terms of you know the greater the greater goal right and so let me just throw out an example um for clients who come to me with issues with uh let's say somebody comes to me with issues related to weight right they want to lose weight or they want to start working out or they want to make some lifestyle choices here's the thing if somebody wants to lose weight they don't just have an issue with the amount of calories that they take in or impulse control they may have an issue with self-image they may have an issue with self-confidence they may have an issue with anxiety right a lot of people overeat because of anxiety um and i'll actually probably do a, a, a whole podcast just on anxiety but the thing about it is is generally speaking when people are anxious, they go to one of four things, right? And I could probably add a fifth one if I wanted to, but they usually go to the basics, right? Shelter, right? 
They stay inside, they don't go out. Number two would be food, right? They self-medicate with food. They overindulge in food uh, as a way of medicating anxiety. Number three, alcohol. They go to alcohol, right? Four, sex. Uh, five would probably, I would add on other things like thrill seeking and, and things like that that temporarily raise anxiety so that they have to go back down to the baseline again, right? So those are things that people usually do in response to anxiety. And so I find it the case in a lot of a lot of instances with a lot of my clients where if they're coming to me because they want to lose weight, they're eating the wrong things, maybe they're overindulging in alcohol, maybe they're not doing this, maybe they are doing that. It's not just an issue of weight, it's an issue of anxiety and how they deal with it. So that's why it's really, really important to get to the root cause of why you're doing something that you want to change or why you're not doing something that you need to do, right? There's some underlying reason why there's an imbalance. Um, and at the end of the day, that's what New Year's resolutions and goals are all about. They're all about bridging the gap of an imbalance, right? Um, and restoring equilibrium. And that might mean a change to change the, the balance or change the equilibrium. You know, um, if you if you want to improve who you are, if you want to grow, if you want to evolve into something better, a better version of yourself, it means raising the bar here and there, right? I mean, most people don't want to lower the bar. Most people don't want to lower their standards. Once people get used to a certain level of something, they usually don't want to go down. They usually want to go up, right? And that's the nature of growth, improvement, evolution, and all those things, right? So it's really, really, really important to kind of keep in mind um, the underlying reason why you do something and then also to regulate things that are around it that could be influencing it. Like And like I said, in the case of things like working out or um, losing weight or changing your diet habits and things like that, you definitely want to look at things like anxiety because a lot of time that's an underpinning. And usually when people fail uh, in their attempt, anxiety is, is, is a part of the reason, right? Um, that's true with other things too, though. Um, and so, for instance, if you take people who, for instance, uh, are having trouble saving money, it could be the case that they're spending money in ways to release anxiety, right? And people do that all the time. Shopping is a number one. So people feel anxious, they go out and buy something, it temporarily lowers the temperature on their anxiety, and then when that wears off, what do they do? They go and buy something else, right? They're using shopping to help lower their anxiety. And so shopping is just a symptom of the real problem, and that's the whole reason why I have the types of practices that I have, because unless you get to the root cause of something, it's just gonna re-manifest. The same people who are gonna shop to relieve anxiety are also gonna eat to relieve anxiety, they're gonna drink to relieve anxiety, they're gonna do other things to relieve anxiety, right? They're gonna find some way to relieve that anxiety. Anxiety and the, the whatever whatever is bringing the anxiety is the really the core reason, right? The shopping, the drinking, the eating, the other stuff, those are just symptoms. So anyway, I'm gonna wrap up this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, as I've said before in previous podcasts, um, I would deeply encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to check out my book, The Nutrient Diet. It's on Amazon. Uh, it's the first cognitive behavioral, behavioral approach um, to weight loss, impulse control, um, and those types of things. So it really takes a unique, a unique approach. It gives you all the information that you need about the foods that you eat, and it also gives you psychological and behavioral strategies to help prevent you from making the wrong choices. And then I've got two self-improvement books, Tomato Bisque for the Brain, uh, which is my second self-improvement book, and then Sweet Potato Pie for the Spirit, Soul, and Psyche. Um, even though they're self-improvement books, they have a lot of information that helps you. Uh, in particular, Sweet Potato Pie for the Spirit, Soul, and Psyche has a great chapter on sleep and how to restore your sleep naturally. Um, and it also explains what happens when your sleep is unbalanced, what you end up with, things like anxiety and depression. Um, 
uh, and even bipolar disorder and things like that. So there's a good chapter on sleep and sweet potato pie for the spirit, soul, and psyche. And then in tomato bis for the brain, there's a really, really good system that I created called the ROS system, the rank order system, which is a system that helps you prioritize. So when you've got a bunch of things to do and you feel overwhelmed or you just don't notice, know where to start, the rank order system uh, helps you do that. So definitely check out my books. Obviously, if you want individualized attention and you want all the 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 silver, gold, and platinum nuggets, then you should schedule an appointment in my office. You can do that at any of my websites that I named um, before. And I'll also tell you this too, um, you know, you would probably, if you have some goals for this year, you'd probably benefit from a New Year's resolution session or from a year in review slash bridge the gap session. Because if you're gonna have goals for this year, why don't you set yourself up to win instead of setting yourself up to fail, right? And if you do what you did last year, you're probably gonna fail. There's a slight chance that you might win, but you're probably gonna fail if you do the exact same things that you did last year. Because when you do the same things under the same circumstances, you generally get the same set of results, right? And that's why you have to make a change or you have to have a different set of circumstances and variables, right? And usually those are beyond your control. You never know when the next pandemic's gonna hit, the next wave is gonna hit, the next depression, recession, inflation, interest rate charges, you just don't know. Uh, or I said, uh, I mean, interest rate uh, changes, uh, interest rate hikes, things like that. So a lot of those things are beyond your control. Uh, so focus on the things that you can't control. I'd also, also mention this too. I've got three Facebook groups. I would encourage you to check those out and join them. Two of them are private and one of them is public. Uh, each one of them shares positive affirmations on a daily basis. Those are free. You don't have to pay for those. I'll tell you the names. The first one is called Fresh Start with Dr. David Facebook group. The second one is called New Balance with Dr. David. And the last one is really simple. It's called Grow. And that one is public. So you can, you're welcome to join any of those groups. Just do a search on Facebook uh, and I'll be happy to add you. I would encourage you to post positive affirmations and motivational quotes on there. I'm gonna do so as well. You grow more when you collaborate and partner with others. So use other people uh, in a beneficial and helpful way to help you grow, whether it's working out, changing your diet, having a prayer partner, having a meditation partner, having a workout partner, or joining a Facebook group that gives you positive affirmations on a daily basis. And with that, I'm gonna wrap up. Thanks so much for joining you, for joining me today. I look forward to hearing from you. Feel free to give me any feedback if you'd like to. Definitely join the groups, check out the books, and I will see you next time around. Take care. Bye-bye.